My message today is don't die on first base. Don't die on first base. And our key text is found in Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 3, and Luke chapter 4. They'll be on screen, but if you want to get your scripture out, your Bible out, and read along, you can. We'll go first to Luke chapter 1, verse 34, where it says, But Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. We're going to come back to that, but let's go over to Luke chapter 3, verse 21, where it says, When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized, and while he was praying, heaven, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, like a dove. And a voice from heaven sat, boomed out and said, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we flip over to Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, where it says, And Jesus returned to to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout all the surrounding regions. Today we're talking about the threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who was the promise of the Father, who is still the promise of the Father, who will be our mighty helper, our great uh, uh, and mighty counselor, our help in time of need, giving us strength, being our standby, being our advocate, our intercessor. In other words, we, God's telling us, God told us through Jesus, and he's telling us today through the Holy Scriptures that we are not meant to face life alone, the ups and downs, the challenges. We are not those without strength, but no, and we're not left alone as orphans on this earth. No, God sent us, the Father sent us, the great helper, our mighty our mighty advocate, the great Holy Spirit, who is our help in every situation of life, who knows all things, who directs us, who uh, guides us, who reveals the, the, the way forward for us. And yes, we are speaking of the threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be clear that all believers, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, all believers, that's you, have the Holy Spirit. But I would also say that not all believers have accessed the full threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's why my message today, don't die uh, on first base. You know, in baseball, uh, the playoffs are going on right now. You may have no interest in baseball, but nonetheless, the illustration will fit. In baseball, when a player hits the ball, they, they, get a, they go to first base. That's the first stop on their way. But, and when they get to first base, the crowd cheers. They're excited, and they should be. That's, that's the first step on your way to, to home plate. But if the batter only makes it to first base and stays stuck on first base, well, the, the excitement turns to disappointment because the whole goal was to, to get to home plate. And so, in the same way, when we think of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, they, certainly there's first base and there's second base, but there's also third base and there's, there's home plate. And so my message today is don't stop on first base. Don't be acquainted with the Holy Spirit in one way only. Don't die on first base. You say, Nathan, are you talking about going to heaven? No, I'm not talking about going to heaven. You go to heaven, believe on Jesus, get to first base, whatever. You're going to heaven if you're a believer on Christ Jesus. That's not my point. My point is we're not in heaven yet. We're on this earth, and on this earth, uh, uh, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the full ministry of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. 
because there's evil, there's adversity against us, there's ups and downs, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. So I, I dare say you're watching today because you want the full ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, operating in, in your life, being your help. And the good news is we can have the power of the Holy Spirit operating. We don't have to live without it. And so hence my message today, don't die uh, on first base. Now we learn from the life of Jesus. I read three passages. We're going to look at one by one here uh, uh, today. But number one, we learn from the life of Jesus. Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself. He was the Word made flesh, manifest in human flesh, yeah, and he was born of the Spirit. We read it already, Luke chapter 1. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And so if anyone was born of the Holy Spirit, it was Jesus. His very life was born through the, the work of the Holy Spirit in the body of Mary. Now, and that de describes the first encounter a human being has with the Holy Spirit, and that is when we're born of the Spirit. In other words, when we're born again, when the Holy Spirit quickens the word that we've received and births new spiritual life. Jesus spoke about that when talking to Nicodemus, John chapter 3, a religious leader, and it says, verse 1, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus at night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that we You've come from that you've come from God as a teacher. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus responded and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a person be born again when he's old? He can't enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. This is the first encounter a human being has with the Holy Spirit when we receive new spiritual life. The Holy Spirit quickens the Word in us and we become new creations. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New spiritual life. The old you died in Christ and you come alive and then there's a brand new you. And that speaks of Change desires. The things you used to love, now you hate. Why? Because you're a new person. The things you used to hate, now you love. You love reading the scriptures. You love going to church. You love being a part of uh, doing the work of the Lord because you have, you're a new creation. You're a new person. And Jesus said, you must be born again. This is the first stop, first base, you could say, uh, is being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit. You see, you're no longer under the power of evil. No, you say, well, I still see effects of evil in my life. Yes, but that's a facade, a lie of a defeated enemy enemy, the devil. The scripture says Jesus triumphed over principalities and powers. And so when Jesus came in you, when the Holy Spirit came in you, the power of evil was broken in your life. You're not cursed, you're blessed. You have Jesus in you. You say, I'm still under the, under the influence of evil. Well, come to recognize who you are, who lives in you, the Holy Spirit. You're a new creation. You have power in Christ Jesus. And the, the scriptures give us a very easy way to be free from the power of evil, at least in our own lives, uh, and that is humble yourself. Just humble yourself under the hand of God, and the devil will just flee. In fact, it says that in James chapter 4. He gives greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. 
You know, so many people are trying to fight the devil, fight evil in their lives. Listen, evil was broken. The moment Jesus came into you, the power was broken in your life. Be free. Just humble yourself. Stop fighting. Rest in the finished work. But what I'm talking about today is the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And when you're born again, the indwelling Spirit comes and indwells you, the Scripture says, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit simply by acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Savior. So don't think that Second base, third base, all this is talking about that you have any less of the Holy Spirit than anybody else. No, it's not. You get the first base, you have all of the Holy Spirit. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the indwelling Spirit, He bears fruit in your life. He bears, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. All of that is born. The fruit is born simply by receiving Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And by the way, this is all first base. You say, that's pretty good, Nathan. I could stay there. Yes, but there's more. That's not all that, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit did in Jesus' life. Uh, and Jesus was certainly born of the Spirit, but, but there was more. And I dare say, you know, in, in Jesus' life, think about Jesus' life. I mean, he was sinless from age zero to 30, but his ministry didn't start. He didn't, didn't do one miracle until, after, uh, until something else happened. Uh, but he was sinless. He had great fruit, but there was more. That's where we're going here today. So let's go to number two. Number two, we see that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon. We're talking about the threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit. Here we see that the Holy Spirit came upon uh, Jesus. Now, if anybody could have said, I don't need any more of the Holy Spirit. I was born of the Holy Spirit. My very existence is a, is, is a virgin birth brought about by the Holy Spirit. I don't need any more of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Jesus could have said, how insulting to suggest such a thing. But that wasn't his attitude. His attitude was, there's something more. And to be, I dare say, to be a follower, a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to have that same attitude. Not that I, I've arrived, that I, I don't need anything more. No, Jesus recognized there's something more. I'm not going to die in first place. I, I'm going on. And so, yes, Jesus was born of the Spirit. But, but if we see that he didn't start his ministry yet until something else happened. And that was when the Holy Spirit came upon him. We saw that. We read it already, but let's read it again. Luke chapter 4. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 3. When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And while... He was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was after this occurrence, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, that he began his miraculous ministry. And in the same way, Jesus said to his followers, just before he was taken back, ascended back, he said to his followers in Acts chapter 1, basically the same thing. He said, don't start your ministry until this same upon you has happened. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, gathered them, he gathered them together, and he commanded them, don't leave, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait, but wait for the Father at what the Father has promised, which he said, you've heard from me. John baptized with water, uh, uh, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, and you'll receive power. You'll receive ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Yes, first by indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing, and it bears great fruit, but the infilling of the Holy Spirit, being described here in Acts chapter 1, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for power unto service, power to fulfill the Great Commission, power to fulfill that which we've been commissioned and called and destined to do. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit upon us gives us the power the power to do that which we've been called to do. Let me be clear as well. The same way you got to first base. How did you get to first base? In other words, how did you receive Christ? 
You receive Christ by grace and grace alone. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. And in the same way do you get to second base. In other words, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is by grace. You didn't earn salvation and you don't earn baptism of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is by grace and grace alone. And that's why you know, sometimes I hear people say, well, I know someone who was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they're living like a scoundrel. Well, they were in the book of Corinthians as well, the church in Corinth. They were living like scoundrels. They had received the baptism, but they, were, they, weren't, they weren't really living it out. But you see, it's by grace. I mean, a scoundrel can receive Jesus, and in the same way, a scoundrel can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying you stay a scoundrel. Uh, Paul talks and corrects about that, and I'm doing the same here today. But, but, but you can receive it as a scoundrel and then just not operate in it because it's by grace. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a sign of holiness. It's not a badge of honor. It's a gift received by grace. Grace, nor is it a substitute for spiritual growth. And that is in using that which we've received. But let me be very clear. You can receive today. Anyone can receive today because it's by grace. You know, I love what jo John Osteen, the father of Joel, said. But John Osteen said, he said, you know, if, you're, if God thinks you're good enough to go to heaven, he certainly thinks you're good enough to get a little more of heaven on earth. In other words, it's all by grace. You don't go to heaven by works, and you don't receive the baptism by works. So let that be settled forever. You know, J Kenneth Hagin, who taught a lot on this topic, he said he was praying for a man for 20 years who had been trying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he, you know, he couldn't receive it because he thought he had some hidden sin, always had something he didn't, couldn't think to confess. Kenneth Hagin said, be free of that. It's not about sin or no sin. Listen, we all want to be free of sin. But he said, it's a grace gift. Receive it by grace. And that's setting a few people free who are watching you. Maybe it's you today. You've been you, you, you want to receive, but you think, oh, I, there's something I, I haven't done yet enough. Or, or there's something hindering me. No, hindrances were removed in Jesus. It's by His grace. Receive that today. And, but let me be clear. And so, 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 you know, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I've been teaching that over the last week or two, but, but, but one thing we recognize is that the evidence of that, uh, of that baptism is, is, well, that new spiritual language. We see that in, in the Scriptures. But sometimes people say, well, I can do with the baptism. I don't mind going to second base. I want the power. But don't talk about the evidence of, that, of the baptism. Don't talk about that, Nathan. That's, that's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about that. Well, I, I, it's hard not to, because in the book of Acts, and even, you know, don't blame the charismatic or Pentecostal. I didn't grow up, by the way, a Pentecostal or a, a charismatic church. I grew up in a Baptist church. So I understand there's different perspectives on this. Church I grew up in, they thought it was devil worship. So I get it. And, I'm, and I, they're very genuine, good believers, by the way, who believe that way. But my point is, in the, in the scriptures, when talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence is always speaking in other tongues. Uh, this new, beautiful, spiritual language. So I can't but not talk about one and not the other. And so don't blame the Pentecostal. Don't blame me. Blame If you want to blame anybody, of course, sadly, you have to blame Jesus. You have to blame Jesus because in Mark chapter 16, he's the first person ever to talk about this evidence. He said in, he said in 16 verse 17, these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. No one had spoken of this gift, uh, evidence, until this point. But Jesus did. He introduced it. And then throughout the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the Pente uh, when, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they all spoke in other tongues. Acts chapter 8, Samaria, the apostles came down. They had believed on Jesus, but had not yet received the Holy Spirit. When they did, they spoke in other tongues. Acts chapter 10, how did the Jews know that the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit? They heard them speaking in other tongues. And in 19, Acts chapter 19, Paul went to Ephesus and asked, have you, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, we haven't even heard there is a 
Holy Spirit. So he prayed for them and they received. And Paul himself said, I pray in tongues more than you all. So it's hard to talk about this thing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit without talking about this topic. And so don't blame me, blame Jesus. But the scriptures say, you know, sometimes you, I hear People say, well, they forbid people to speak in other tongues, speak in their spiritual language. Well, the scripture says, forbid not. Some say, well, you're magnifying the devil when you speak in other tongues. Well, the scripture says we magnify God when we speak in other tongues. So we have to be scriptural about what this is all about. Some say, well, if it's really true, Nathan, it would have happened to me automatically. No, actually not. The scriptures say people perish for lack of knowledge. And there may have been a time where you didn't know that God healed. Now you do, and so you can receive it. Maybe there was a time you didn't know God saved you out of your sin, but then you heard the message, and so you received it. In other words, we've got to hear. We need knowledge to receive. And so just, be, if it's, just because it's true doesn't mean it's going to happen. So we can't. And then other times, sadly, and I, and I do say sadly, because you know, those who have received the charismatic experience, the baptism of the Spirit, misrepresent it. Make it ugly. Make it something foolish, like snake hands or, you know, in the backwards, you know, that, that's not what God meant us to be. This is a beautiful communion with God. Some use it as an escape from reality for the gullible. No, this is not it at all. In fact, in the coming week, I'm going to tackle those counterfeit realities, but not today. But I'm just saying that's not it at all. Others say this is ceased. This is ceased. And they use 1 Corinthians 13, where it says when perfect comes, there'll be no more tongues. But it also says when perfect co comes, there'll be no more need for knowledge. And so, listen, we still have nausea. I hope you're operating in knowledge. So the perfect has not come yet. Jesus has not returned. Others say when this whole thing of the charismatic experience, baptized in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues, just a hypnotic trance. No, it's not. Paul said, I will pray in my understanding and I will pray in other tongues. In other words, you have full control. If someone's misrepresented this gift by pretending they're in some sort of hypnotic trance that they have no control over, they're lying. They have control. The Holy Spirit does not take control. He's not a dictator. You have full control over yourself. You might experience, you might manifest and enjoy, enjoy and full of, full of joy and all that. That's a good thing, Not, but you still have control. And, and so what I'm saying here, just like Jesus, he, he, he was born of the Spirit, but then the Holy Spirit came upon him. Jesus said to his disciples, don't go out and do your ministry until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There is more for every believer than simply being born again and, and receiving the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's good. And you're going to go to heaven and you're no less of a believer if that's the case, but there's more. There is power. Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this will be a sign of his followers. And by the way, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, but on all of those gifts, other than two, were in the Old Testament from time to time. Not on every believer, certainly. They didn't have the new covenant reality, but they were from time to time would come upon individuals, except for one or two. It would be the speaking of other tongues. It was never in the Old Testament. It's a new covenant distinctive of a believer. And yet people say, well, don't, don't, you shouldn't be praying in tongues. It's, the scripture says that there's, it causes confusion and disorder. Well, and they base it on where Paul says, I'd rather speak five words in my understanding than a thousand words uh, in other tongues. And I would agree with him. Obviously, I agree with the scriptures. Uh, and yet what he's talking about is when you have a message for somebody, speak in an understandable language. In other words, if I'm to preach my message to you in, other, in tongues today without an interpretation, it has no value for you. Uh, and yet at other times, like Acts chapter 2, they all began to speak in other tongues. Why? They weren't giving a message for somebody else. They were just worshiping the Lord. You see, this gift I mean, that grace of speaking in tongues for every believer is a, simply 
a spirit-to-spirit communication, my spirit to God who is a spirit, and, and it's for His ears only. We magnify Him, and it's a beautiful reality. And think what a miracle it is. You know, the Scripture says, and I won't, I won't, we won't go there for sake of time, but the Scripture says that the tongue is an evil vessel. The tongue causes all kinds of evil, uh, and it's an unruly member, and who can tame the tongue? Well, I'll tell you who can tame the tongue, the Holy Spirit. You see, when you got nothing good to say, well, my mama used to say to say nothing at all, but I got something else we can do. You can speak in other tongues. You can pray in that spiritual language and magnify God, give Him thanks. What a miracle this is, this untamable creature, the tongue, being tamed by the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful th- reality. So I'm saying to you today, move past first base, go on to second base, be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's by grace. It's for all, even scoundrels. Don't stay a scoundrel, but you can receive it today. But then number three, Remember, we're looking from the life of Jesus. Jesus stepped out in power. Jesus stepped out in power. He was born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him, but then he stepped out in power. Luke chapter 4, we saw it. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout all the surrounding Rigid, he stepped out. Listen, it's great that you've been born again. It's great that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's great. But then step out. Step out. You know, you can have the gift, not use it. You can be born again, have no evidence in your life. You can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and, and never use it, never step out in power. No, God's saying step out. Step out in victory. Step out, step out in power. You say, well, isn't that automatic, Nathan? No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, Paul, talking to his young disciple Timothy, he, he, he said as much in, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1. He said, I remind you, Timothy, kindle afresh, stir up, stir up the gift which is in you. But let me pause for a moment. Which gift is in you by the laying on of hands? Well, well, well that's, the, that's the praying in other tongues. This is the, Paul, throughout the book of Acts, he'd go lay hands on people. They'd, they'd receive the Spirit, baptize in the Spirit, and they'd pray in their spiritual language. So he's reminding Timothy, he said, stir up this gift that you receive through the laying on of my hands. Stir it up. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and of discipline. Power, love, and of, and of discipline. In other words, stir it up. In other words, stepping out is not an automatic. We have to use the gift. It's our choice. The Holy Spirit's not a dictator. He doesn't invade you and take you over. You have to use that which you've received. And so when we speak, when we pray in our spiritual language, we are releasing rivers of the Holy Spirit. We're releasing power, love, and a calm, well-balanced mind. I mean, it can stay dormant if it's not used, but we have a choice. We can release it. Paul said, stir it up. In other words, step out like Jesus. Step out in that which you've received. And stepping out and being filled, the Scriptures tell us, is an ongoing thing. It's not enough that you were filled 20 years ago, even five years ago, even one year ago. No, it's an ongoing thing for our daily lives. Ephesians, Paul teaches us in Ephesians 5, he says, keep on being. You see, I made those three words in capital letters. Keep on being. In other words, ongoing, filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Speaking of our spiritual language. You know, you can sing in the Spirit very easily. I do that often, even just preparing. My mind is focused on what I'm doing, but my spirit is singing. It's a beautiful thing. And making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. 
We're all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's happening? We're releasing rivers. You know the Holy Spirit, as I said from the very beginning, is our mighty and great helper. We're not orphans left alone in the challenges of life. He is our helper and our strength, and there are different rivers. I mean, Paul talked about in Timothy, love, joy, uh, power, love, and a calm, well-balanced mind. There is a river for every challenge we face. And one of the tools, not the only tool, let me be very clear, it is not the only tool. Paul said, I pray in my, underst I pray in my understanding, I pray in the Spirit. There, so it's not the only, but it is a tool. Seldom talked about these days in churches. That's why I'm talking about it at length here today. But there is rivers, and it's aided by praying in our spiritual language. There are different rivers for every challenge. I heard You heard, probably, if you've been tuned in, one a testimony recently of a young man in our church, Matt, who, 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 who is filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, and was in a park, and there was a, a lady there who had a business, a tarot card reading business, she was high on marijuana. She, she was on their platform recently telling it with Matt, Matt. And he was led by the Spirit to go share with her. God put a word in his heart. He did. And she, she received Jesus. And she's here today in our church and said, how, how, what a wonderful reality this is. You see, that's, the, that's a river of help to uh, reach somebody who, who needs Jesus, who needs Jesus. She was set free. I've heard another lady in our church testify how, how, how she was at work. And there was a big challenge. And, and everyone was kind of throwing up their hands, not knowing how to meet that challenge and she didn't know the way forward either but she began to pray in other tongues not not out loud in the boardroom not in that setting don't be strange don't be weird we can you know use your brain but 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 she began to in her own way pray under her breath pray on her own time and God gave her an idea that, that solved the problem. And she was promoted. You see how this works in such wonderful ways? There's a river for every challenge. John G. Lake, a famous Canadian evangelist who operated in signs, wonders, and miracles, said, speaking in other tongues, my spiritual language has been the making of my ministry. In fact, you won't find a minister who operates in signs, wonders, and miracles who doesn't have this gift, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, and then releasing it, stepping out like Jesus. And so, but the good news is, it's not just for ministers of the gospel. It's for every believer, this is available. And God's saying, step out. There is a power. There is a river for every challenge. And one of the aids, one of the tools that we have is the baptism of the Spirit and the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And the scriptures talk about that we can stir up the faith. Jude chapter 20, you beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. In other words, you've got the faith. It's in you. You have Christ Jesus living in you. Now stir it up. Build yourself up. Empower yourself. Paul says in one other place, and leave that up there. I haven't finished re reading it, but I know I'm getting sidetracked and kind of excited. But Paul says, you know, when we pray in our spiritual language, we edify. That word means to make ourselves stronger. Edifice, edify, make stronger. We edify, we make ourselves stronger. He says, and so Jude 20 says, build yourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit, your spiritual language. And so God's calling us today. Listen, if you haven't been born again, if you haven't received Jesus, I'll give you a mo uh, an opportunity to in a moment. That's first, go to first base. But don't stop there, go to second base. Receive the baptism. As easy as you receive Jesus, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But then you say, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Nathan. Well then keep on moving and step out. Step out in the power. And by the way, stepping out is a daily choice, a daily decision. Every day we choose to step out in that power. Every challenge, every opportunity, we step out into that power. God's calling us to do that and to face the future with power. Amen? Well, first, number one today, I want to give you the opportunity. You say, I don't know Jesus. I haven't been uh, born again. I haven't received him into my heart. I don't know that 
that my sins are forgiven. Well, the scripture says that you can be born again. Jesus, in fact, said to that, remember what he said to that religious leader, you must be born again. And what happens is when we believe on Jesus, we receive new spiritual life. What does it mean to believe on Jesus? Well, it means, it means to believe that he is who he said he was, that he came to earth in human flesh, took on, he lived a sinless life, took on, took, but he, on the cross, took on our sin, he died he was buried, but he rose again. And in his resurrection, he now gives us new spiritual life. You know, without him, there's darkness, there's a void, there's an emptiness. The scripture says that, in that there is eternity in the heart of every person on planet Earth. That means there's a hole that can only be filled by his presence, his love. Uh, and yet when we acknowledge Jesus and confess him as Lord over our lives, he comes and he fills us, gives us new spiritual life, puts a light within us, leads us gives us the truth, gives us that which we're longing for. And so it would be my privilege and opportunity to pray with you today and to lead you in acknowledging Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you today, just pray with me. Maybe you've never prayed, or maybe you said I did it one time, but I've fallen away. Do you know that God is not angry with you? He loves you. you know, not holding your wrongs against you. In fact, He's already forgiven you through Jesus on the cross. All that's left is to receive His forgiveness, receive His life. Let today be that miraculous day in your life.